oh, I need to get all the stuff to make, like, all the fixings for breakfast when, like, literally every other day of the year growing up, it was, like, fend for yourself breakfast. (laughs) Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Stew on That. I... I think we're gonna keep the uh, the new name. Do on that. I thought we had agreed this was the soup podcast. Porque no los dos. Why not stew on that? The soup podcast. I I think it's the soup podcast to strangers and stew on that to friends. Also, I mean the Instagram handle for stew on that was available. I just think that's a sign. All right, so listeners will remember that last week it was my turn to choose the ingredient or style of soup, and I settled on Avgo Limono. Hopefully that's close to the real pronunciation. I I googled it. It's Avgo Limono. Avgo Limono. Yeah, it's, it's Greek for egg and lemon. While in the U.S., you can typically expect to be able to order this soup at a Greek restaurant. Turns out it's actually of Jewish origin. Yeah, so what happened was, so this is actually pretty common in European dishes, especially dishes that are of like Jewish origin or, or whatnot. What basically ended up happening for hundreds of years throughout Europe is that Jews were kind of on the move. So there would be various edicts and laws that would come through and say like, hey, you can't live here anymore. So they'd have to pick up and and leave. And this is a way that they ended up picking up a lot of new recipes as they go. So you get new neighbors and you kind of see what they're doing, what the available resources and ingredients are in those different regions. And that's how you pick up different styles of cooking. But it's also a way that you can kind of share different styles of cooking. So this happened all the time, and it wasn't just Jewish people moving around. It was all sorts of different uh, cultures that would have to move through Europe for various different reasons. So in Avgu Limono's case, this came from Sephardic Jews who were forced out of Spain during the Inquisition. Some of them ended up in Greece, and they took with them this sauce that they would traditionally prepare either with pomegranates that were sort of sour or oranges that had soured, and they they brought that to, to Greece. And in Greece, they couldn't find the exact same ingredients that they used to use to make this particular sauce, but what they could find was vinegar in Greece. And eventually, lemon juice uh, became sort of the popular souring agent. This sauce is something that the traditionally was just made Made with something that would sour an egg yolk and then you would incorporate that into a bit of broth and that would become a sauce either for some sort of some sort of dish with a starch in it but eventually that becomes soup a soup that we all know and love today so the reason that i picked this soup is that there was a point in time where i just could not stop making it. I would finish one pot and then just make another. The reason is it's not it's not too hard to bring all these things together. Once you've got the broth, that's kind of the hard part. After that, you kind of just have to temper the egg yolk and then add in your lemon juice. It's a pretty satisfying soup for the level of effort that it requires. It's made even better just by throwing a couple pats of butter in there as well. That's a hot tip. I just I've never made this soup before. I do enjoy it. I've had it a few times at Greek restaurants here and there. I, out of fear of destroying this delicious soup, I stuck straight to the recipe. But then that's what's fun is like after you've made something once or twice, then kind of have the knowledge 
Sydney's cooking style, being able to throw in a seasoning here and there. Now I know butter. What was the recipe that you followed for your Avgolomono? As I mentioned last week, I've been recently making my soups in an instant pot, especially when I was doing a lot of baking this week. It was nice that I could kind of throw everything in an instant pot and kind of just let it do its thing. I actually got an instant pot cookbook, which is predominantly soups after making the broth. Instead of rice, I know some did rice. I did orzo pasta, which I really liked because it kind of gave it an extra level of creaminess without as much starchiness in it. The thing that always freaks me out, I've made so many things where you have to temper egg yolk, but it it stresses me out still, just the multitasking. I think I put way too much time and effort into that section. But again, new recipe, wanted to follow it. And I discovered this week, my little shortcut is Trader Joe's Soup Ready Veggies. So it's like a container and it has your celery and your onions chopped up. And it wasn't necessarily the time saving. I've been really trying to cut out on my food waste. I noticed celery when I do my to-go groceries. They always give me like 30 pounds of celery, which I just can't keep up with how quickly it dies. So it was nice that it was just like what I needed for soups. Going back to your tempering experience, how how did you temper the eggs? What was your technique? I used my little Pyrex liquid measuring cup. I whisked the eggs and I actually a little bit at a time added the lemon juice while I was whisking to the frothiness. Then I added it to my soup. For the chicken, I just baked chicken breast in my oven. Yum, that sounds delicious. Jackie, I know you did something a little less conventional, right? No, actually this week I was so freaked out by the idea of the egg. I was like, I'm just going to follow a recipe. I'm just going to make it exactly the way that delish.com says I should make it. I'd not tempered an egg before. And I actually have this like little automatic whisk for frothing milk. I I used that. I don't know. it It was a new technique. And so I just wanted to do it the right way. I did a very similar thing to Maggie made the broth first, made sure I had all my veggies in there. And this is always what I do when there's a soup that calls for chicken. I got a rotisserie chicken and just kind of broke that up because I don't like cooking the chicken in the pot with the soup because I find it gets really mealy. It's not the way I like my chicken. Rotisserie chicken is like the best thing in the world. I cut that up and added that and that was about it. But you said you added some vegetables, right? In my opinion, you can't make anything chicken broth based without an onion in there. (laughs) It's just, there's got to be an onion, there's got to be garlic. And yeah, like Maggie, a bit of celery. And I did do rice. Jackie, I highly recommend that Trader Joe's shortcut then. It sounds perfect for like a Thanksgiving stuffing as well. (laughs) They're doing God's work over there at Trader Joe's. Like if they want to sponsor me i'm all for it here's the thing they could be our sponsor and all they'd have to do is occasionally send me a box of sea salt chocolate covered caramels that they have (laughs) that's all they'd need to do sydney how did your experience go this year we had a smaller thanksgiving than usual it was myself my boyfriend tim and his 12 year old daughter so a 15 pound turkey was actually too much We're still working our way through leftover turkey. I thought it would be a great way to use up some turkey. He had already created some turkey broth with onion, carrot, celery, all that in there already. I was starting with a pretty flavorful broth. It already had all that depth in it. Honestly, it took me about 15 or 20 minutes to make this soup from start to finish. I did boil up some rice in it. 
to the tempered egg dance I found during my time as a single woman. The Pyrex measuring cup with an immersion blender is your best bet. It is a little scary because you're kind of just worried about getting scrambled eggs in your soup. So then of course juiced a bunch of lemons, threw in a few pats of butter and called it a day. That's why I love this soup. It just, it, it comes together so fast. Like, despite how many carbonaras I've made in my lifetime, yeah, I was fully expecting for some reason, like, scrambled eggs to start popping out and that bad flute noise from TikTok to play. Now it's time for a little side dish. The soundtrack for this Christmas for me has to be I'll Be Home for Christmas. Not the whole song, because it's promising something that won't come true this year, but that part where they're like, if only in my dreams. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. And that's just really resonating with me this year. I gotta say, I have to admit that Taylor Swift Christmas album slaps every single year. I can't stop listening to it. I will say though, Jackie, your song, I'll be home for Christmas, was written during World War II. And it's talking about how, like, families were separated and times people were sacrificing, so it wasn't the same. So really, that's the point of the song. It's like, you won't be home. But it's like singing about what you long for and that you know that there will be future Christmases. So cry on that. I do love that. I'm going to have to reread some of my grandparents' like World War II love letters after this, just for that. This Christmas, um, you know... I am not going home to my family. I'm staying in Chicago with my boyfriend, and I'm kind of sad. You know, it's like the food is such a huge part of the holiday. It's my mom always making a breakfast casserole for Christmas Eve. It's my step-grandmother's English dinner. So these are the things that I'm going to be missing the most, and I've decided this holiday season... During these weeks off from work, I'm not going to do anything except cook and eat food. I feel like as millennials, we're just quick to Google search whatever we want to make. And that idea of the family recipe book, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it as much as like previous generations. I agree. And I will say I still use like my great grandmother's Kaisel recipe every time I make Kaisels. It is in like broken English and I agree that's like it's a really good idea to like stick to kind of family recipes or even like a side project while I'm staying home and stuff it's like compiling these recipes that are in different households are we about to become scrapbookers Michaels is trying to fight Trader Joe's for this coveted sponsorship I fully agree on all points and you know, good going for Maggie's grandma because I I look forward to Maggie's puzzles every year, all year long. Honestly, I, I should make them more. Like, I have this iron that does one specific thing. Also, talking just, like, comfort, because I think that's another thing. It's, like, holiday meals and family meals bring a lot of comfort, which we're all kind of striving for during this time. And not to sound like my PR self of, like, during this unprecedented crisis and all that. But, like, really, things suck in a short of it. But, like, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to have a Christmas party or a gathering, but, like, I'm still going to make myself a charcuterie board. I'm still going to bake my sweets. Like, I think we all need to be a little easy on ourselves and each other. And it's like, 
yeah, we're going to eat what brings us comfort. And that's okay. Do all those recipes. I think the reason I do want to make all these recipes is that it is kind of comforting to think that we're eating the same thing for breakfast. We're eating the same thing for dinner. Even though we can't be in the same room, we're doing what we can to still have these shared experiences. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to this holiday is keeping all the traditions that I've normally done with my family, but doing them from afar. What's wild for me this Christmas is, um, as you two know, uh, but our audience may not, I, so I converted to Judaism like a year and a half ago. And I remember when I converted, so one of the big things that they talk about is like Christmas, how this is going to change the Christmas season because you won't be doing a tree anymore and you'll kind of be giving up or changing a lot of your holiday traditions. And one of the things that I was thinking about was when I converted, I was like, well, you know, my home won't be Christmassy, but my parents' home will always be Christmassy. My brother's home will always be Christmassy. And so I've always thought like, well, I'll always have, like, I'll never have like a true Jewish Christmas experience because I'll always have a place to be on Christmas. And little did I know, like a year later, <laughs> uh, we'd be in this mess. I'm looking forward to doing some things that aren't my family's traditions as well. Yeah, just kind of relax and lean into the fact that this is such a weird Christmas and isn't going to be the same as everything else. I would like to survey everyone else that it's like, is this a Northside Indianapolis mom tradition that like Christmas breakfast like slays? every year because like I was just thinking that too because I'm like oh I need to get all the stuff to make like all the fixings for breakfast when like literally every other day of the year growing up it was like fend for yourself breakfast (laughs) in my parents house I I don't know I want to say that the breakfast casserole is just a midwestern thing in general so I can make I can make a batch of latkes in like 40 minutes like from start to finish shredding potatoes to fully plated with the sour cream, which I feel really good about. Can I tell a quick story about latkes? I was in a historically Jewish sorority. It was founded, unfortunately, in the early 1900s when college campuses did not allow Jewish women to join sororities. So one of the philanthropic activities we did, like my sophomore year, was partner with another historically Jewish fraternity and have like a latke breakfast. And I, for some reason, was one of the people in charge of making the latkes. And literally me and my friend, we would, like, make a latke, eat a latke, make a latke, eat a latke. So much so, they took us off the cooking line and sent us to the store to buy more potatoes. Because I probably ate my weight in potatoes. And that's how good they are. Once you, like, learn to actually make them. Because I essentially just thought they were, like, just, like, hash browns smashed. But, like, once you add the flour and the applesauce and the sour cream, oh, man, so good. I love that story. (laughs) For next week, I think, Jackie, it is your turn to choose our challenge. I've been thinking a lot about this, and you guys have been giving us very specific, stylistic dishes to try. But now I want to challenge us creatively and see what kind of different things we can all bring back. So since it's Christmas, I always associate these spices with this particular time of year. So the challenge is rosemary, sage, and thyme. That's all you got to do. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, I I think we'll come back with three completely different soups. So don't talk Easily. to each other. Easily. Yeah, yeah. 
different faces, different, con- yeah, I think we're going to get all sorts of stuff. Well, thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Trader Joe's, if you're listening, we still have that coveted sponsorship. For all of us, Sydney, Jackie, and Maggie, do on that. And Merry Christmas. And Happy Holidays. I almost said Happy New Year. But we can say that. that. <laughs>